0: Welcome to the Healthcare Inside Podcast. I'm Eric Silverman,
1: And I'm Jane Crosby. Thanks for joining us again. I'm really, really excited about this week's interview. We had the pleasure of chatting with Holly Sullivan. Holly leads the charge at Spectrum Health in Michigan. She's also a leader in the ShishMed organization. And so she shared some great perspective around where healthcare is headed and what marketers need to do to respond to the situation. It's got me thinking about how we're in the midst of what's usually conference season right now and we're not able to connect with our healthcare marketing clients and peers and friends in person right now. Um, We've certainly missed it and it's been an interesting six months at home and I know that there's been a number of challenges for both vendors and clients in this space. Eric, throughout this entire pandemic I've always Turn to you for guidance and advice around how we can best support our, our clients, um, and you have some really great perspective, I think, on where healthcare is headed
0: overall. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think I think about a couple of things. You know, one, you're right about conference season. You know, so much of the conference season piece of the puzzle to me is about developing new relationships, and you know, we've all gotten tons of practice over the last six months at developing relationships in a kind of non-in-person in way. So it's, you know, fun in a way to kind of exercise some new muscles and, and learn how to how to connect with people in, in ways that have historically been secondary and now kind of primary. You know, here we are recording with technology and meeting via video, which almost feels like we're meeting in person, right? Um, when I think about kind of where healthcare is, and is going and and you know you you and Holly talked about a lot of really great perspective in this space but the kind of peri covid environment that we're in <clears throat> really has kind of three axes that that I think about one is just that communication around safety you know being being safe to come into the healthcare environment and you know there's there's a lot of great progress i think that's been made both in consumer perception around that but but largely driven by healthcare marketers right and how healthcare marketers have helped shape that perception of of safety you know the second access is the is access is the obvious one around kind of softer elective demand and how uh, healthcare marketers are are helping to Address both that kind of safety dimension and the pent up demand for elective elective services. But the big, the big piece, and, and it gets it gets some airtime. But but it's really on my mind um, is what's happened to you know, frankly, what we used to consider emergent volumes, right? Like I was reading um, Yale New Haven Health Systems blog. About overall ER admissions being down forty percent. This is this is a couple months old now. I think it's May was was when they when they published that that data. But it's not like emergencies went down forty percent, right? Like like some of them did. Sure, you know you are not getting together with your, your buddies shooting, having a bottle rocket war on you know Saturday night or whatever like like you used to be. Um, but but then if you start peeling away the layer to cardiac events. Um, US News and World Report had an article about this, but 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 cardiac events and heart attack admissions being down fifty percent across the across the country. I mean, that's an alarming statistic, right? Because obviously people didn't stop having heart attacks. They just, if they weren't super, super serious, people are neglecting going to the, the hospital over these things. Anyway, all this to say, and, and I know none of that's really news to anybody in the healthcare marketing community, but but here's what it's got me thinking about. I really believe that healthcare marketing is a public health matter now more than it has ever been. Um, you know, obviously health and wellness and how we um, address population health with consumer audiences and help physicians along those, those, those lines has always been really important. But in an environment where there has been this seismic shift in how consumers feel comfortable in consuming care, one of the byproducts of that is a real opportunity for healthcare marketers to rise to that occasion. Um, and, and I think it will extend well beyond COVID, um, but COVID has been kind of the catalyst for that, right? The catalyst for how we, we learn to perform even better in, in helping consumers to, to address um, that public health side of, of the issue.
1: It's really good perspective, Eric. It's been such a challenge for so many clients over the past six months, but at the same time, such a profound opportunity to really step up and elevate marketing's role within hospital and health system organizations. I think without healthcare marketers, those organizations who have been most profoundly impacted by the financial challenges of the pandemic aren't, aren't going to survive and aren't going to make it into next year. Uh, but, you know, personally, I try to sometimes temper my positivity about how much I've enjoyed these last six months, uh, you know, with. Without having kids, I've had this opportunity to be at home and fish all the time, and get outside and go for walks, because we're not on the road. Um, and so it, it's been really enjoyable. But more so than that, it's it's been a really great opportunity to learn and grow and solve a challenge, both for our organization and for our client organizations too. Holly touches on this just a little bit, but I think the biggest thing that the pandemic has illuminated in the healthcare marketing space is just how critical it is for both marketers and vendors to be extremely nimble in their approach to proactively offering new solutions to solve new challenges. Almost every week, things are changing and we have to quickly respond to the situations on the ground and really pivot everything that we're doing on a dime and then pivot it again the next week or the next day. So it's been a fun challenge to solve. And I think that trend of having to balance multiple priorities with limited resources and be extremely agile along the way is probably here to stay. And I think the organizations both vendors and marketers who are able to do that well are the ones who are going to be really successful yet this year and then into the next couple of years too.
0: Well, it certainly certainly kind of speaks to this opportunity to form new good habits, right? Like <laughs> I feel like the the last 6 months have really laid bare my good habits and my bad habits, right? In terms of what work from home is like, you know, like, it sounds like you're living your best life, right? Like you're going out and making sure that you take walks and all those sorts of things. I could probably do a little bit better about, about those pieces of the puzzle. I've definitely, you know, shown some some kind of bad habits in what it means to be holed up in your office for, for six months straight too. Um, but, but that idea of how do we connect with one another in an environment where we can't be together how do we adapt our marketing thinking to address the realities that have emerged from you know public health and elective volume and safety standpoint how do we really continue to nurture that ability to be nimble like you just talked about i think will define our ability to succeed and, and thrive in this kind of peri and post post COVID environment, and and I think that's a really inspiring opportunity, right? And uh, and it's a great interview uh, with you and Holly um, to talk about kind of what that how that's manifest in in her world. Let's jump into the interview and hear from you and Holly Sullivan.
1: how do you envision your team moving forward from here? Um, And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you obviously pivoted right away and probably spent your entire team's focus on COVID. How has that evolved, if at all, into trying to both address COVID-19, but also drive service line volumes and communicate with patients about things other than the pandemic?
2: Yeah, so maybe I'll start with, um, you know, our, our COVID response, because that is a continuing thing that we're, we are still dealing with, um, especially given that, you know, kids are going back to school potentially, we have flu coming up. So a couple of escalators that we think, um, in addition to just having COVID still with us. And, um, so there was a real need to be, and continues to be the need to inform our community, um, to help our community, you know, be that source of truth. Uh, what we learned about, um, you know, just from insights around the consumer is that, you know, we had a real leadership role to play in um, being that source of truth in the community, and they were looking for provider input and provider guidance. And so we set up a content strategy right away around COVID. You know, we stopped doing promotional activities, and we've used this construct um, throughout, and it's still guiding us um, around health. You know, how do we provide clarity on where and when to get help? You know, informing people on what was happening and how we were preparing to serve them, inspiring people about coming together and taking care of each other and celebrating our wins and telling a lot of stories because those inspirational stories of hope are so necessary. You know, we did things around the plasma therapies and, you know, all that new. Information that were signs of hope for the community, and so um, and we continue to think about what is the content for those areas, and how can we deliberately not only deliver the that messaging to our our consumers and our patients, but also to um, our employees. Um, another, you know, we have over thirty thousand employees. So how do we? Um, you know be that source of truth for them how do we also do that with our community organizations and deliberately get those message out to our spanish-speaking communities and other diverse audiences so we were thinking very broadly about how to get that message out and we continue to do so um, in fact i recently took that same uh i said okay you know scenario one flu goes up significant you know flu creates a you know a real uh, challenging environment. What do we do around this COVID, um, these swim lanes, if you will. Um, and scenario two, the vaccine comes earlier. Just taking a look at that because this is continuing. And so we started out with COVID there, but obviously over the summer things improved. Uh, and we were very lucky in that COVID didn't hit um, as strongly uh, as some of the other communities. Um, but you know still obviously very much in our community so we need to be very mindful of it but we saw you know a reduction um in the early summer we started to think about okay how do we support our service lines and um you know specifically because they were seeing softer demand and um you know anxious about meeting you know getting their, their baseline volumes back up and things of that nature so um you know, we were trying to serve the COVID needs as well as our service line needs, and you know, balancing that. And one of the ways that we, you know, were were trying to service our service our support our service lines was really trying to get people back in. And I know that was another question. You know, you had significant reductions in volumes, right? You mentioned that many people had a significant reduction in volume, um, and. That was, a, that was a whole campaign we launched because we saw, you know, similar to others, 50 to 60 or more, you know, drop in baseline. So, you know, we saw the fear and uncertainty as we looked across and better understood, you know, the insights around that and developed a whole campaign to come alongside our operational folks and support their work to get patients back in and um and our campaign was um we're ready for you and what we loved about that was that it was positive it was confident um we did a lot of showing not just telling so that gave people in, in the world of you know uncertainty and not knowing what to expect you know showing them was a very effective way to give them an understanding of what can i expect when i arrive at your building if i choose in-person care um, and of course we have you know the virtual story as well that we supported but um, you know we, we continue to do and push that into the market as a, as a campaign and what was cool around it was that it was broad it was horizontal um, And it was, you know, we certainly supported all the service lines, but it wasn't a service line campaign. It was really a broad, ready for you in all these different care areas. And so we did start out broadly there and saw a significant um, increase in baseline numbers. Now, that was,
0: there's a lot of other
2: things going on there, so I can't just attribute that to marketing. But, you know, we we saw you know volumes, we're back up to our baseline volumes now. And um and so we're excited about being there, but there's also gaps that we're seeing that we're using ready for you to go after, whether that's you know screenings, which you know are not necessarily fun on a normal day, <laughs> but especially in COVID, like you know, I can easily be talked out of my colonoscopy. Um But, uh, you know, or, you know, seeing a significant reduction in um, some of our preventative, um, you know, appointments. So how do we focus on some of those um, drops, you know, softening demand that we're seeing. And so, um, you know, we're really reacting in real time to what's going on in that case.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, A number of our other clients are really challenged with driving preventive care, even vaccines and things that children really need going into the school year. Um, So I'm sure you guys are doing great work to address that too. I know that you saw a huge uptick in telehealth volumes like a number of other health systems across the country. How do you envision that continuing to unfold and how are you guys continuing to push utilization, especially Mm -hmm. for us upper Midwesterners? I'm in Minnesota, you guys are in Michigan. Again, people are going to be nesting in the fall and into the winter and lonely. How are you trying to encourage utilization and again just get the message out there that people should stay home. They should use telehealth options.
2: Yeah, so we were very deliberate and ready for you to go after both the you know if you wanted to go. It was really around whatever you're comfortable with, right? We have this incredible virtual platform, and but some people just you know wanted to come back in person. But as far as virtual is concerned, um, you know, we had, you know, in early March, we closed all of our offices and got all of our primary care on our virtual platform that same day. Um, and then a week later, we had all of our specialists on the virtual care platform. And our role in that was to really do a lot of internal messaging to really help with um, adoption and education. Um, and, and so. In one of um, one day in April, I think we had 2,000. I know we had 2,000 visits in one day. So really saw a lot of activity early on, but then saw you know some of the sliding. Um, early on, we were we had campaigns out there um, around new um, patients and um, non-patients and patients of spectrum to just not put their health on hold. You know, utilize our on-demand and scheduled virtual visit opportunities um but now going into the fall uh, we are pushing our you know our virtual platform we're adding more functionality to it uh so we are making it better and better for our consumers and we're sharing with them what is better about it um we're actually adding um, new bells and whistles and, and technology actually that can really help um you know, really assuage some of their um, I think some people thinking that it may not be as good as in person or how do they really do a good diagnosis that way so um, a little early to share all of what's going on but we're very much um, that is one of our major campaigns because you know it really cuts across we're really trying to push virtual not only as just virtual care but as care is this is how you get your initial first line um and that's going to take a while but um we need to offer proof points on why this can be used as your you know as the first step and something with somebody might like uh, um compare it to like banking you know when you go to your atm you don't say well i'm going to do my virtual banking you just go i'm going to be- going banking right <laughs> i'm going to the bank and so there really is no delineation and that's i think going to take a little while but- how do we get consumers comfortable with that, um, especially some of the older, um, our older population? And um, how do we use it as a tool if in our differentiated um, platform to pull in that younger adult um, group that are just starting to form, you know, relationships with, with health systems? Um, so we're really mindful of, of um, doing some pilots around that to determine what the right messaging is and maybe even some of the right. Operational moves, um, so we're really deliberate about partnering with our operational teams to understand, um, you know, what what is differentiated out there, and how can we, um, you know, put out a message that's unique and interesting and um, help some of the uncertainty and the um, of our of our patients around whether this is this is, you know, good care, right? Um, and we continue to work on helping. Uh, position adoption and and issue you, and you know working through that because that's also something that needs to be continue to be um, that's a continuing journey um, to make sure that that's uh, going in the right direction.
1: Right, and so many of the rules are changing too that I'm sure it's an ongoing education dialogue for your internal staff. Yeah, Holly, you have a leadership role in ShishMed too, and so. I have two questions. One, have you been able to take a vacation in the last five months? <laughs> and where did you go? And two, what what are you maybe most proud of or most excited about that Shishmed's bringing to the healthcare marketing community over the next couple of months?
2: So, um, you know, your first question, vacation, I did get a week off, which was a big
0: celebration
2: <laughs> in July, which was my first week off since the beginning of the year, uh, I think since Christmas. But you know anyway so that that you know that there's been a lot is drinking from a fire hose is kind of the example I use um but um you know you learn to adopt and and you know one of the big things is giving myself a lot of grace (laughs) you know if it's roughly right and we can nimbly move towards something then then you know you can only do so much and and we're learning to to operate in this in this crazy environment but um, ShishMid is also doing a lot of learning and, you know, how do we bring value to our members? And so, you know, Diane Weber, the executive director and her team, just did an amazing job of pivoting and um, knowing that, you know, our existing MyShishMid um, interactive tool on our website was going to be a great way, sort of a clearinghouse of ideas and um, it, was a, it, it was a common platform where members could share, and boy, that was really helpful to um, think about. And as you've you dealt with these issues real time, so is everyone else. So it gave a real opportunity for us to post examples and share what we were doing. You know, there was a real spirit around sharing that I had, you know, I think, it's, I think Shishman has always been about that, but it was even more so because we were all facing the exact same thing, um, and you know secondly, learning very quickly about new tools and ways we could continue our conference. Yeah. So as you know, our conference is a big deal. <laughs> it's like our, our capstone, but um, you know, we have put forward two conferences now, you know, one being navigating a new reality, which we're partnering with the HA Center of Innovation on, and then the Shishmid bites So the one is September 14 to 16 and the other one is October. 26 to 28, but the um, navigating a new reality, I'm really proud of that one because that one, both of them I'm proud of, because you know, learn new tools. We've learned ways to do networking on interactive sites, you know, um, so we were very interested in making sure people still had the experience um, and they could engage um, and connect because boy, we all need that. You know we've been staring at us so long that you know this is an opportunity to lift our heads and say you know hey let's come together and really talk about uh what we're going to do as we go forward and specifically with navigating a new reality um really focused on bringing leaders across many disciplines together um by partnering with aha we're bringing in senior leaders to talk about what does the future hold how can we talk together about what our plan is for the future and so it's a pretty unique opportunity i would say for leaders to talk cross, you know across various disciplines strategy marketing and, you know ceos and and you know finance so how do we come together as this team to really address that and then our shishman bites will be pretty similar to what we've done in the past in the shishman conference with our with our um, you know, our various disciplines, but um, it's gonna be a, a bit of a reduced schedule of course, but very, we plucked the most popular items that we would have presented at, uh, in, the, in the conference and we're going with that. And I would say, you know, being very mindful of the financial constraints out there, you know, we price these very easy on the budget. So 150 for the navigating a new reality, and um uh, for Shishmid members 200 for nine and then for the Shishmid bites in october it's 99 for members and then 299 if you're not a member but that includes a membership so um anyway there's lots of value there and really focused around how do we provide very similar experiences but really but it, i think that has opened it up to more and more people too because many can't travel many can't you know, they don't have a budget for in-person conferences. So the flexibility and, um, and bringing that content and that networking opportunity to them. Um, I'm just proud of the Shishman team to be able to deliver something like that. And I'm I'm excited. I mean, I have, you know, I told you i live on a vacation, like, you know, one week this year. Um, I'm excited to be able to connect with people, you know, working virtually and being in this, you know, you know a lot of pressure, uh, this will allow an opportunity, like I say, to, to um, learn from other leaders and, um, and, and you know, look around and understand what others are doing. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cathartic for, for that for a that kind of opportunity. And, you know, quite frankly, um, you know, these issues we're all facing, you know, it's so helpful to say, how do we come alongside each other?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for it. I think so many marketers are so head down in what they need to accomplish for their own organization that it's been hard to kind of reflect and compare that to what others are doing that's been successful. When do you think in-person conferences will be back? And it's okay if you can't answer that, but I'm curious if there's, like, are we waiting for a vaccine to go back to Shishmed? Is there absolutely no horizon for it? Um, We we really hope that this
2: happens, you know, we, we always have our conference in September. And so we hope that that's going to happen next year. Um, and, you know, I think we have lots of signs of hope around that. But we're also doing scenario planning around, okay, what, are, what might happen? And, and how do we continue that experience throughout the year? Because, you know, this is something that people want to continue to learn from each other. And so we, we're hoping we all get back together in September of 21. That is our goal and our hope. But, you know, uncertainty has plagued us throughout this whole time period. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to put my predictions out there, but we certainly have that hope.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know you only had 30 minutes, so I really only have one last question. Um, I really appreciate all of your perspectives so far. One of the things that we've been talking with a number of our clients about is what do your budgets look like going forward? Not necessarily in terms of numbers, but when you think about maybe value-added activities, bright, shiny objects that you may be invested in and found that they didn't add value, is there anything that you're either cutting or adding or consolidating in your budget as you plan for next year and a new normal if and when we, we get there in the coming months?
2: Well, you know, we um, we're looking at um, actually doing more brand work, quite honestly. Um, I know one of the questions that you had sent me previous to this is, you know, where do you see marketing going in 21 and beyond? And so that is heavily weighing in on our budgets, right? And what we're seeing is, you know, pre-COVID, you know, we were slowly gravitating toward consumerism and, um, but but COVID has certainly caused us to skip that inflection point and jump right into that, you know, demand curve. And so I feel like brand is becoming more important. And, you know, traditionally we've been a little bit more of a brand, a marketing supported organization, Um, but this shift to be more consumer and demand centric and therefore marketing and, and specifically our brand will need to play an integral role in driving and changing how our services are viewed, access, accessed and experienced. So, um, so our budgets around that and making people aware of who we are and, and what our brand means, we're, you know we're doing a whole new um, brand launch around that. So we want to be very mindful of that shift and how important that is. And so focusing more on that. And we're looking also, how do we look at the organization through the consumer eyes? So what are more of these horizontal kinds of campaigns we can be looking at? Certainly virtual, but ready for you really combine that. And, you know, a brand would combine it, you know, an overall narrative. you know, certainly there's implications as we get into the tactical elements around the service lines, but but those horizontal messages and how do we put more funds into those um, are, are important. And we know that's, you know, going to be a cultural shift as well for our, some of our service line leaders who, um, you know, have, are used to service line specific campaigns. And they're not going to go away, but as we look at more horizontal, um, what um, how can we prioritize some of that and um, and continue to be pushing our media budgets and getting getting out there in front of our consumers um, with the kinds of things that we're doing to um, you know to get better for them and to be available and be ready for them. Quite frankly, I mean that's not our our brand launch, but um, but I think there's opportunity to put more money in things like that. And so you yeah, know that's that's how we're currently looking at it. But I think the other important thing to note is that, you know, you need to stay flexible and agile. And we've had an opportunity with within spectrum to say, oh, we're, you know, we're facing some new situations, we have to flex. And, you know, I think that lack of predictability and timing um, will still be true as we, you know, go into early 21. So um, how do we keep some of that um, you know that mentality in the forefront is even as we think about budgeting and being more a um, little bit more nimble when we think about those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really good feedback, Holly. Um, I know we're right up at eight thirty. Do you have anything else that you really wanted to share with our audience and and the healthcare marketers listening? Yeah. So you know the. the I've also
2: gotten the question a lot about, um, you know, how can I prepare myself, and what what would be, uh, and I look at my team in terms of developmental opportunities, and um, you know, Shishman has always been um, on the forefront of really helping people think through what are some of the skills for the future, and um, you know, bridging worlds, and all of the various skills skills that it that it um, talks about could not be more relevant, honestly, <laughs> to what we're going through. Um, you know, the integrate and co-create, you know, you know, facilitation and coalition building and, um, you know, being thoughtful and inquisitive around data and um, really creating powerful stories and, you know, and those kinds of things and being nimble, you know, the, the ability to pivot and be an agent of change. So as, you know, as, as marketers, and as we think about, well, how can we, you know, how can we shift even some of our skill sets um, to better adapt or be leaders in our organizations, I think there's, you know, real opportunity to, you know, revisit some of the bridging worlds um, from the Shishmed, um Library. <laughs> Materials and and I, you know, some of those those concepts are, um, you know, are never are more relevant today or very relevant today. So it's, it's worthy of, of picking that back up and thinking through, you know, what can help me um, be a leader as we face, um, you know, a lot of uncertainty, but our organizations are really looking at, at us as marketers to help um, navigate this.
1: I think it's an important message for all of the agency and vendor partners out there too, that things are changing so rapidly for our healthcare marketing teams. And we really have to respond alongside you guys and support you and really make you feel like we're adding value as a partner.
2: Yeah. And you know what? That could, that is so true. And, you know, as we look at partners and we certainly um, can't get to where we need to go without them. <laughs> yeah, um, And I was you know, a partner in that space for a long time in my career, but, you know, looking at some of the things to bring to the table around, you know, how to better integrate and co-create, how do we better use data, how do we create better stories, how do we be nimble, I mean, you know, how do we do, in, you know, design thinking, our, and as we think about our problems to solve, um, coming alongside us with some of those solutions um, will be a significant value add,
1: I agree. Um, It's something that we're really focused on here at True North. And I think a lot of agencies are either doing more of it or learning that they really need to come alongside you all um, as they work to grow their businesses too. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Anything else, Holly, that you want to share? No, I think we're good. Thank you very much for inviting me to do this. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Thank you. I really, really appreciate your time.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye.